Super Tuesday. It's your host, Alex Gabriel, joined by my co-host, Colin Hamlin. Welcome to the Man of the Moment podcast. We are live as Michigan takes on Illinois. Michigan hoping to secure their first Big Ten championship in, uh, what is, would you tell me, six years? It's been a couple years since they've won the Big Ten championship, and Michigan's rolling. They're now number two in the country. you got to be just feeling primodeluxe.com. Oh, yeah. Feeling pretty good. I mean, tonight's the basically the clincher. If they can end up pulling this one out tonight, that'll be a done deal. I think, yeah, first one in seven years or so. So, feeling pretty good. I mean, things are just – every game that you guys play and it's close and then it seems like the second half it's just a runaway. You know, Indiana was somewhat close, then Michigan ends up beating them by 20. Um, the game before that, they blew out Iowa. They beat them by almost 30 points after it was – you know, a three-point game at halftime, and Michigan's just been rolling. What do you think has been the key for success? Why have they been so successful just in this last – I know they've been good all year, but it seems like they've found another gear. What's the key? Um, I just think they've been able to adjust really well to kind of whatever the other team's trying to do to stop them. They found a way to, you know, use Dickinson as a – we'll say like more of a playmaker on offense rather than a – just kind of bully ball score like he was a little bit earlier in the season, you know, passing on the double teams and, and like livers had a bunch of wide open threes from him uh, against Indiana. So they've, they've been able to figure out different stuff on offense. And then, I mean, the defense has just been locked down. So they've got it all right now. I mean, that was the thing for me when, I mean, I've actually watched a decent amount of Michigan play and I think I was going to match the two things you said as one, it seems like Dickinson's emergence has, unlocked livers a little bit more and, and uh, Wagner for that case too. Wagner has been sort of making plays off the dribble, going to his left, finishing at the hoop, hitting floaters and playing like the NBA prospect, like you had told me at the beginning of the season. And, but I think more than anything, when I watched them play Iowa last week was last Thursday and that was a big game, right? That was sort of like, how will the big 10 end up? The defense was suffocating from Michigan's perspective. Iowa couldn't do anything. Dickinson really bothered, um, big daddy, Luca Garza. And it was impressive to watch. I mean, the ceiling here, we keep mentioning it in each podcast is it's, it seems like it's getting stronger and stronger. And I don't know what ultimately will be the downfall of this team. They, you know, I listened to part of my take and big cat said that, uh, Michigan's the best team in the country. That may be the only thing he may have put the hex on you, but other than that, I don't know what's going to bring down your Michigan Wolverines. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I still think that uh, Dickinson foul trouble could be yeah. the could be the we'll say end all be all as far as you know what what could Michigan do to lose? You know, if he I know they've been really careful with him in the first half, but you know if there's a situation where he can only play two or three minutes in the first half due to foul trouble, and depending on the team you're playing against, that could really cause some issues, but. You know, in that same vein, maybe Michigan gets really hot from three in a game like that and can make up yeah. for it. So you never know. You know, what's been really impressive to me, aside from the defense, is that they just like don't make mistakes either. Like you just watch this team and there's not really any errors. And now it's 16 to 12. Illinois has got a little bit of a lead here, but there's not, I guess it's 19 to 12 now. 
uh, but there's not a lot of mistakes. And you know what else I wanted to note is at the beginning of the college basketball season, I was really down on the product. I was like, this kind of sucks. Like this is not a good product to watch, but the, the basketball has gotten a lot better. I think the officiating has smoothed out a little bit and it seems like college basketball for the most part, a lot of the teams and a lot of the players have gotten better, like exponentially better compared to other seasons in the past. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I mean, we still have the the occasional charge call that's just oh my mind God. boggling. I know we talked about the the Gabe Brown fast break the other day that probably one of the worst ones I've seen all year. But uh, I, I don't like as a Michigan fan. The other thing that's fun. I mean, obviously everything's fun when you're winning, but you know, even when Michigan does go through tough stretches, like you know. I mean, they're down seven now to Illinois. They were down at half by 10 to Wisconsin. They never have a, I don't know, like a, we'll say infighting type look to them. That you yeah. see some some teams have where they just kind of can't figure it out and, you know, they, they just keep doing their job and, you know, understand. I think that you're going to miss shots sometimes. The other team's going to get hot at times and you just kind of got to keep plugging away and do what you're doing. Colin, I'm a little envious, dude. I wish I could flash back one year. We were texting about it. I was like, I can't even remember how last season ended. It felt like we were rolling, and that's gone. You know, now we're just some rat ball team, and it's tough to watch. Um, something that I thought, you know, when I was kind of concerned about the product of college basketball, I told you, I was like, I'll always watch this, probably pretty much regardless. I'll watch my team. But, like, you thought about people like Jaden Green, who went directly to the G League and probably would have went to, like, Duke or Kansas – like having someone like them would be, you know, that'd be make the product better. I mean, imagine if we never got Zion Williamson on Duke, that win against them that we had wouldn't have felt as good, but I think it's sort of smoothed out and there will always be a place for college basketball, but it was a little hairy there for a little bit. And I was really starting to wonder like, what will college basketball look like sort of um, the next couple of years as, you know, talented players start to utilize the G league and other avenues instead of going to, you know, Coach Cal at Kentucky and, you know, Coach K at Duke and, you know, all of those organizations. Yeah, and we'll we'll see how it works out. I mean, like, <clears throat> I think if you look at the G League and you see, like, Jonathan Kaminga and, and Jalen Green, like you said, like, those dudes, you can tell are – I mean, they're two of the best players in the G League already. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's those – that level of guy, like, if you're going to be a top five pick – I, you know, I don't know that it matters or not if you come to college, but then you look at, you know, like Josh Christopher, who is a top like 12 recruit was going to come to Michigan, went to Indy or went to Arizona state. Literally last weekend was the first time that I even mentioned, like heard his name mentioned. And I remember that it, it's, you know, it, it was like such a huge deal. And now you look and it's like, you know, a huge high impact recruit is on a team doing you know, not very much of anything. You don't really hear from them. So I think it, at sometimes we we get too caught up in the, you know, going straight to the G League or straight to the NBA guy. I, I really don't know that it will ever make that much of an impact. I don't know. It'll be hard to say. I think that, again, there'll always be a product for college basketball just because people have an affinity for, affinity, like for their organizations. I don't know many people who will sit down and watch the G League aside from you and, like, diehard NBA people. But – you know, you'll always watch Michigan basketball. I'll always watch Michigan State basketball. But, you know, you look at – I think, like, on the flip side, RJ Hampton, you know, he went to New Zealand and he didn't go to the G League and he didn't go to college. I think he would probably would have been better served 
going to Duke or, you know, a team like that. He's now on Denver and he dropped kind of in the draft and he didn't really get to play much. So obviously, like you mentioned, there are pros and cons to each side, but I just mentioned that because I think the product I'm, I'm more pleased with what I've seen the last, you know, month or so as far as the product of college basketball. Yep. And now fingers crossed that, you know, every team that gets into the tournament is able to play in it too. The crazy thing that's kind of wild about the tournament, and I don't know if people know this, is they're essentially like backup teams. So if um, a team that's in the tournament gets COVID, they'll just insert one of these backup teams into the rotation. Yeah, I think they said if it's an automatic bid team, you know, like a, a smaller conference that wins their conference tournament, the conference will get to choose who would replace the team. And then otherwise, I think there's going to be like a, a group of like four teams that are – We'll say like the next four out that would be the replacement teams. But I mean, I don't so know. So seems... let me ask you this. Theoretically, this could happen, right? God forbid Michigan gets a number one seed. Yeah. They get a COVID outbreak. Michigan State doesn't make the tournament. You guys get a COVID outbreak. And let's say the Elite Eight. Michigan State is the first four out. We're now playing the Elite Eight. Is that how that yeah. works? Well, yeah. And you'd be uh... – oh, no, it wouldn't be. Once it starts, it starts. Once what is tournament. What if is it all bubble then? Like Once what if like if uh, someone got COVID so in that, the tournament automatic win automatic win for the team that doesn't have it? Yeah, I think so. Because I think they said once the tournament starts, it's it's locked in. This would just okay. be for that, like between that weekend between oh. uh, the end of conference tournament and start of the tournament because I mean it'd be ridiculous to plug a team in. <laughs> It's already un- it's already unfair if you think about it from the standpoint yeah. of say this Michigan situation were to happen and they have an outbreak. Well, now this like barely bubble team is going to get a one seed. You right. know they're going to get the one seed spot in the bracket, but in it, I mean you can't do anything perfectly in a season like this. So they said yeah. they're not going to reseed the tournament. They're just going to plug in the team. So it is what it is. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope it doesn't happen to a big team, like a, a good team, one of these. Because there are three really good teams, Gonzaga, Michigan, and Baylor, like probably the prestige teams of college basketball. And the rest, like Illinois and Ohio State, they're pretty good, but they're not on the same level as those three. So we want to see – I mean, we just saw Baylor win the Big 12 for the first time ever. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for them to lose in the second round. You know, second round loss, here we come, dude. It's coming. Yeah. Prime we know it. that's coming. They're going to lose to a 12 seed on the Friday. You know, they're going to win their Wednesday game. The Friday comes around, they're going to lose that game. Yeah, they'll be done. They'll be probably back in Baylor by Friday night or <laughs> Saturday, Saturday night. Saturday morning, they'll be there. They'll be able to get a nice brunch and things will go well. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's go to the other side of the coin. This one is a little bit harder to talk about, and that is the beloved Michigan State Spartans of yours truly. Sunday came around. Michigan State had won three straight. They beat Indiana. Then they beat, um, at the time, number five, Illinois. And then they beat number four, Ohio State, all at home aside from the Indiana game. And it felt like, all right, actually, we have a tournament chances. We were actually, before the game against Maryland on Sunday, Joey Brackett's had us as one of the first four teams in. And now, again, we play Indiana tonight at 8 p.m., and it's a must-win game. Um and we play Indiana, and then we play Michigan twice. I don't see us beating Michigan, and you think that 
for Michigan State to win the tournament, you absolutely have to win tonight. And then you think we have to split one Michigan game and then win like one game in the Big Ten tournament? Or what if we lose both to Michigan? Are we done? What do you see kind of playing out here? Uh, I don't. I mean, obviously, you can't lose tonight. Period. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, I think if you win against Michigan once, you're in. I would say, you know, it, that would be another Q1 win, and especially at the end of the year, it would look good going into the conference tournament. You'd probably want to win one more in the conference tournament to be safe. But you know, I guess if they win tonight, lose both to Michigan, and then could fight their way through the tournament, get a couple more wins, and, you know, maybe one of them's against, like, Ohio State again or something, then that would be possible, I think. What if it's we just, lose What if we lose tonight and beat Michigan once? Is that, is that enough or no? I'd say that's better than winning tonight and losing both to Michigan. Well, yeah, obviously that'd be better. I mean, ideally we win the last three or we take – if we win two of the last three, that'd be guaranteed, but – I wanted to I'm, – I'm mentally preparing. Our game is at 8 o'clock, which is – it tips off in like 10 minutes from now. Um, I wanted to just break down just – I have a lot of thoughts on uh, Maryland, but I wanted to start by y- your comment to me. You said I'm the biggest ref hater of all time. Expand on that. Well, essentially, any time anytime <laughs> there's a call that doesn't favor Michigan State, uh, you know, it, it's – a. I think you're probably 10 seconds behind me. So I'll see it and I'll just sit, I'll just pretty much pull out my phone and wait for the text to roll in and <laughs> see it pop up. And, you know, like I said, you don't even need to let me know that you disagree with the call anymore. Cause I just assume that if there's a call against Michigan state, that it it's certified Alex unapproved. I usually will say questionable call. I am questionable. <laughs> yeah. You, you're like a, again, like it's a, uh, a Kyrie type deal where you're not saying, well, I didn't say it wasn't right. I'm just, you know, I don't know. You know, it wasn't okay, a great well, call. Let's, let's break down some of the questionable calls. First, we're playing Ohio State. Game's going to be over. They call a bogus. They just make up a foul call on Joshua Langford. We would have had the ball up three, shooting two free throws. They call a foul out of nowhere. Now, granted, on the other end, they don't call a foul, which they could have put on the game <laughs> the, winning. I'm the game winning hoop. <laughs> <laughs> but still... You know, they wouldn't have been in that situation. Now let's transition to Sunday. Again, we're playing Maryland. Maryland had a lot of time off, and they're sort of surging, and they're trying to make their um, push for the tournament as well. I just have some notes on Maryland. One, Mark Turgeon, the head basketball coach of the Maryland Terps, most annoying coach in the Big Ten. He was the loudest person down there. You could hear him over everyone throughout the entire broadcast. Hey, it's it's the downside to – you know, the no fans, the inside info you get to hear during the game. And, yeah, it's it's pretty much what he does, sit on the sideline and yell. It's brutal. The next, My next point of order with, with Michigan State is this. I finally figured out Coach Izzo. I finally figured out the key to him is for him to be successful, he has to have a good point guard. I think about all the times Michigan State has struggled over the years. It's when he hasn't had, like, a, a solid point guard, right? Like, um, in 2010, Kalen Lucas got hurt. That was the year after we went to the Final Four, and he tried to like plug in Corey Lucius, and he tried to have Chris Allen play, and some of these other guys. This year, he's tried. He's vacillated between Rocket Watts and Foster Lawyer. If you think about all of Coach Izzo's teams, anytime they're good, we have a good point guard, right? Whether it's Cassius Winston or Kalen Lucas. You know, or if you go even further, right? If you go back to the 2000s run when we have our man 
um, from Flint as well. You know what I mean? So it's something that I've noticed that it feels like he can't be successful if he doesn't. Mateen Cleaves is the name I was searching for. It feels like he can't be successful if he doesn't have a good point guard. Do you agree with me in this sentiment? Uh, I, I guess in the sense that I think if you look back at pretty much any successful college basketball team, they're going to have at least, a, you know, I'll say serviceable point guard. You know, it's the way that that college game is played. It's tough to, I don't know, just have like a below average point guard that can, I want to say manage a game, but you really do have to have somebody that you can rely on at point guard in, in college basketball, especially. I mean, even when yeah. we had Denzel Valentine, he was playing point guard in, in right. right, right. You know, what, like, or, or say, I watched like, them play. Right, I've watched them play this year, and he's tried to play Foster, who the team has gotten better since Foster Lawyer has been hurt. And then the team plays better when Rocket Watts isn't in. Aside from a small run against Ohio State, Michigan State was starting to come back against Maryland. The game started, they were down 11 nothing off the jump. And Michigan State started to come back. They actually had it whittled down to five. And as soon as they put Rocket Watts back in the game, he gives up a driving layup. Now it's seven. Next possession down, he misses a wide-open pass to Joey Hauser. Now it's nine because they take it down and score again. And the game's over after that. And I watch Rocket Watts take step-back three after step-back three like he's James Harden. This guy's shooting 27% from three, dude, and he keeps doing it. They keep giving him the ball late in the shot clock, and he takes one dribble, takes a step back, and shoots a three. What the hell is he doing, dude? Why does he keep doing that? Well, I mean, they flat out don't really have any other options. I mean, there are only two offensive options. I mean, I guess you could say three if you include Gabe Brown, but, I mean, Langford and, and Henry are obviously the only two options. So, it I, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't played well this year and hasn't gotten much better or probably is a little bit worse, but... Absolutely worse. I mean, that's... Yeah, some of it's on him, but, you know, a lot of it's on the coaching as well. Okay, dude, but if you're shooting 27%, that means one out of every four you make. Just why would you not try and drive to the rack, get a foul call? Like, you taking a step back three, you're not James Harden, dude. You do not... And you've made this point to me. He's not a shooter. Why does he keep doing it? I know that you'll make one of four, but that's a really bad percentage, bro. Well, ask Tom Izzo the question. I mean, he's the one that allows it to happen. So I, I, I don't know. know. Who, I, I don't. I think that you should put Joshua Langford or Aaron Henry at the point guard and let them facilitate. Have Hauser, and I think Hauser sort of recaptured his confidence a little bit. He has a really nice stroke from three when he can sort of set his feet and do the pick and pop. Rocket Watts is a negative on the court. I was texting you. I said, I bet you his plus minus is negative 20. Realistically, it's bad. Yeah, I, I mean, who do you want him to play? I told you, just take Rocket out, put Malik Hall in, go a little bit bigger. You try and be a little bit better defensively. I think you. I, I think ideally you go Henry, Langford, Malik Hall, Joey Hauser, and Bingham. I think that five will take you as far as you can get. The best this team is is those five. I think, yeah, I, I guess. It's it's tough, though, because you have, you have almost no – scoring on the team to begin with like oh, Gabe Brown I'd put Gabe Brown in over one of those guys yeah Gabe like Malik Hall I know like he's had some good games in the past probably more so last year again yeah than this year but I think he scored on Sunday and I want to say that they said it was like his first bucket in the last three games first field goal in the last three games and stuff 
He's so talented. He, he pump takes like six times. Yeah, it's hard to to find good options right now, but that's just kind of where they are until they get some more talent on the team. And I was going to ask you this. How can we have college basketball teams like Michigan State and Duke be so void of talent where we can't even make the tournament? We're not one of the best 64 teams in the country. How does that happen? Well, because you've made it 22 times in a row. And, I mean, it's just bound to happen eventually. That's trash to me, Wait. dude. Oh. Hey, not every recruiting class ends up uh, being as successful as they're expected to be. It's just what I mean, we shouldn't even have we shouldn't even have Joshua Langford. You know, Joshua Langford is a is an addition because he's a fifth year guy. He should be gone by now, right? If you think about who was the core of this group, it's Aaron Henry who is pretty good. But then, who are his counterparts? Who else is bringing value? Like Bingham's pretty much a bust. Hauser's a transfer. Like. I would love to look at, I guess, what would that be, the 2017 recruiting class and look at what's going on. That would be 2017, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's Now you just got to grind it out and hope for the best. Well, this, let me tell you what I did to get myself ready for tonight because I know that potentially you know, something bad could happen as I watched the 2009 National Championship game against North Carolina – where North Carolina just absolutely blitzed Michigan State. It was like a 20-point game with 10 minutes you know, into the first half. So I thought maybe I could sort of lessen my blow. Like I thought maybe if I watch a blowout to begin with, that there's no way that that will happen to me twice in one day. What do you think of that strategy? Um, well, seeing as you know, a, a Indiana fan could have done the exact same thing going the other way, I, I don't know that it, I believe in it, so... You could still be. You think, I don't know if an Indiana fan had the foresight to do that. I don't think I'm that. Sure, I'm sure one of them did. I mean, isn't my proudest moment? No, that I watched it on silent as I was working on YouTube. That I'm watching a game from 12 years ago, which we got absolutely roasted by. No, but you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. Ugh. What is what's your what's your white whale? What's the game that you go back and review the most? Basketball um, or football? I mean, oh, well, football it would be twenty sixteen Ohio State. Okay. Um, basketball would be obviously twenty thirteen nat- national championship, but like, do you you'll actually go back and watch it from time to time? The football game I have a few times. Basketball <laughs> I've done. Yeah, I've done on when they'll show it on like BTN replays and stuff. But the football game, just because, I mean, they had no business losing that game. But yep, that was Jim Harbaugh sort of apex at Michigan, too. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and as we wrap up the first half, Illinois is up 33 to 22. So, Colin, your Big, Trent, your Big Ten dreams may be on ice. Michigan puts up 22 points and a half. That's the lowest that they've had in any half this season. Yep. Juwan Howard's going business casual with a black tee. Dickinson and had two fouls in the first half, what I tell you. There you go. That is true. All right, so I'm looking at the recruiting class. It says 2017 is Jaron Jackson and Xavier Tillman, so maybe 2018. This is, this is the 2018 class, so it's Thomas Kithier. Terrible. Aaron Henry is good. Gabe Brown. Foster Lawyer was higher higher ranked than Aaron Henry. Foster Lawyer is a four-star, and Bingham was a high four-star as well. So that's where 
A lack of talent. That's what the deluge of talent is right there, buddy. Sorry to tell you. <laughs> Sorry. It ain't good. What do you think happens tonight, Michigan State, Indiana? What is your What's your heart tell you? I feel like Tom's going to throw the kitchen sink at Indiana. And, I mean, Indiana's in a worse situation even than Michigan State is, I think. Really? The, the, yeah, they got a coach that's on the way out. They're, I mean, I, I think they have less chance to make the tournament than Michigan State does. So I think this is probably a nail in the coffin for Archie Miller. I think State wins and – and then Archie's done after the season's over. And I just I want to tell you this. I'm thankful that the game tips off at eight o'clock and not nine o'clock. These nine o'clock tips, dude, I can't go to bed till one a.m. because you're up. Yeah. If, especially if it's a close game, your blood pressure's going. You're excited. You're scared. You're nervous. I mean, we have to abolish the Super Tuesday nine nine p.m. nine p.m. tip offs. Hey, it's it's a. 7 p.m. tip-off for me tonight for Michigan I mean, State, you're cool so. and breezy, right? You get to do the the 7 o'clock, which is 6 o'clock Michigan tip, and then one hour later you can go dual screen, have Michigan State up, and you can you know, sort of just yep. cruise. Yep. Have a reasonable bedtime. Oh, yeah. So what do you make of the first half of Illinois-Michigan? Now that's 33-22. I know you said Dickinson has been in some foul trouble. He's one for five. Um, what's been the biggest issue, do you think? Um, for the first, I'd say for the first time in a long time, they look, we'll say a little bit, uh, discombobulated or confused by the, the pressure. Illinois played really, really, um, pressure defense, um, pretty much every single possession. So I think they just let it, uh, let the physicality affect them a little too much. So we'll see if they, I don't know. I think you need to do a little bit more. Uh, off the ball movement and maybe slip a few more ball screens and see if that helps them ease up a little bit. Did you, did you Michigan play Maryland this year? Yeah. Before I think it was on new year's Eve actually. it It was the week of new year's Eve. Maryland defensively was like really hard to get past really hard. I felt like, I felt like how they played the two, three zone was really, really impressive. Yeah. They were stifling on, on Sunday. And I know they mentioned it quite a few times, but just never, ever let Michigan state get the ball in transition, which is like where, you know, Aaron Henry and Gabe Brown are pretty good. It's pretty much if we can't run in transition or score, we're, you know, we're not going to be able to score if you don't let us run a little bit or let Aaron Henry sort of get down low and, and do what he needs to do. It ain't going to happen, Kevin. Right. Well, I hope we can get it done. It says I, it says my TV provider doesn't allow me to watch. So I don't know what am I going to do? Watch the game cast, I guess, you know, you can't watch the Michigan state game. Yeah. It says I don't have access. It says an error code. Please try again later. Probably better for me, dude. Let my blood pressure rest a little bit. Just packing right. <laughs> second half. <sighs> All right. We've got All-Star Game coming up. I don't really think there's anything going on NBA-wise that is notable. I haven't really – is there anything that was on your mind? I, I know LeBron got into a spat with Latin, but it feels like NBA is sort of going into the All-Star break. Nothing too wild. Nope. Nothing crazy. Um, I'm trying to think if there's been anything – no, I mean, Luca going off again. He's he's starting to look like he did last year. He's not fat anymore. So 
Okay, he looked yeah. really good. He does, he does yeah. look good step back game winning threes and, and things of that nature. It's pretty good. Yep, he's back. AD's still out. So I don't know. NBA is kind of on a grind mode for the next month or so. You still grind it out? You watch it every night? Oh, yeah. I've, I mean, I think I've seen all but probably like two Pistons games this year. So got to keep an eye on the boys. And you're liking what you're seeing? Liking what I'm seeing, yes. <laughs> all right. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us. Join us on Friday. We have a special uh, Man of the Moment podcast I think you'll really enjoy. wanted to add on to the end of this podcast today um, because while we were taping the Michigan and Michigan State games were going on so let's update what happened Michigan ends up losing to Illinois 76 to 53 it was basically Illinois Super Bowl Um, they just go absolutely ballistic put up 43 points they outscore Michigan 43 to 31 in the second half and the thing that was funny about this game was that, you know, when we spoke earlier, Colin and I, we said our biggest fear or his biggest fear as far as, you know, if you were to imagine Michigan is in the tournament and this is going on and it's not going well, what would that what would that thing be, right? For Michigan State, for instance, if a team runs a 2-3 zone and we're just railing up threes, that's that's a WCS, you know, worst case scenario. Colin's worst case scenario was that they – Primarily, Hunter Dickinson gets in foul trouble and can't stay on the floor. And that's exactly what happened combined with um, just really poor shooting. Hunter Dickinson goes one for eight. He has six points. Um, Again, gets in foul trouble. So, you know, he's somewhat limited in the impact he could have. And big country Austin Davis comes in. He, He goes four for four and puts up nine points. But he just doesn't seem to bring the same same level of production that Hunter Dickinson does, and that that's a big difference. Michigan shoots, in this game, 28.6% from three, 34.7% overall. And Illinois was just, they played better. They shot almost 50% from three, almost 50% from the field. So they shot much better. They played well defensively. And no, they were without their best player, Ayo DeSumo. But Kofi Coburn sort of led the way. And Tim Frazier, who's a really solid point guard, puts up 22 points on 7 of 18 shooting. And it looks like to me, luckily for my wife, you know, she's happy, Illinois grad, that Illinois probably is a one seed now. You know, barring a collapse here, it looks like Illinois and Brad Underwood, the coach of the Illinois Fighting Illini, you know, they have a really good opportunity to be a one seed and potentially make some noise. You know, when they play like this, obviously, you know, we could always cherry pick games. But it, to me, it seems like outside shooting could potentially be their downfall. But when they make threes like they did today, they have an opportunity to win. You know, they go, they didn't take a lot. They went six for 13 and they got the job done. They're just really good down low. They make good decisions and play well defensively. So Colin will have to hold off popping that champagne bottle for at least one more game. Uh, Michigan will take on, obviously, Michigan State to end the last two games here. So that's going to be really fun. We know that Michigan's going to b- come back and probably just, you know, take us to the cleaners here. Um, I think now as we transition into 
if we were to transition into Michigan State's game, Michigan State takes on Indiana. Probably one of the ugliest games I've watched in a long time. It was just one of those ones where if <laughs> it was just back and forth, just not really an enjoyable game. A lot of fouls. Um, if I were to look at the box score here, um, the shooting percentages were just awful. I want to list it to you. Indiana goes two for 20 from the three-point line. So they shoot 10%. That's 18 misses there, guys. Indiana, they go 30% from the field. Michigan State, on the other hand, we go four for 17 from three. 20 <laughs> for 53 um, overall. So we have like, you know, 38% from the field. And so going into halftime, it was tied 26-26. And for a long stretch of the game, it looked like Indiana was more so in control throughout the game. And at one point, they had about a six-point lead. And it, it did not look good. We couldn't really have any rhythm. But the game sort of swung. Aaron Henry took over. He went on a 10-0 run to end the game. Um, he was getting to the basket, making really good decisions. He had a, a really big three-point shot. We were leading by one. And the shot clock was winding down. He stopped and popped. He hit a three ball. We got a fortuitous bounce to go up by four. And then, you know, the rest is history. So we get another win. We get one step closer um, to a tournament bid. And I know we're sort of like slogging along to this, but I think making the tournament with this team is a testament if we can do it. I think if we win this one, which we did, and if we can just steal one against Michigan, I think we guaranteed our end. If not, we'll have to probably, you know, get it done against uh, win one or two games in the Big Ten tournament. You know, which which depending on our seed right now, we're you know sort of towards the bottom there, and so that'll be indicative of what what it will look like for us. So our next game here is Thursday. We play in two days. We play Michigan, and then we play them again on Sunday. So it's back to back. Michigan, Michigan, number two ranked team in the country get one more i doubt we win the game on thursday especially uh, michigan will be really mad coming off this loss only their second loss of the entire season that puts them at 18 and 2 but it'll make for an exciting time it's highly doubtful that michigan still doesn't win the big 10 but they just have to wait one more day um they have a you know they have a decent sized lead against wins in the conference so I, I think you know they'll be all right and they'll still win the big 10 championship i think they probably beat us on thursday and our goal will have to be to steal it steal one on sunday illinois finishes up at ohio state on saturday that's their last game of the season so you know michigan and michigan state respectively had our seasons paused michigan gets it you know, maybe i threw a little jinx on condor there huh Michigan not able to get it done tonight while Michigan State does eke it out. You know, you, <laughs> you kind of just have to power through. Um, you know, again, Aaron Henry was the man with the plan, 22 points. Josh Langford carried us offensively for a while with 22 points. And then Gabe Brown had 10. He hit a, a really big three. He actually hit two threes back-to-back. -back. He went on a 6-0 run by himself, and that sort of started to swing the tide because before that, we were down and we couldn't really any have have any momentum. But he and, and Joey Hauser played pretty well. You know, just from a team perspective, things went pretty well. The only negative is still again point guard play. Rocket goes 0 for four from the field, 0 for two from three. Um, so he just has a zero all the way across the stat line, except for one turnover. Um, so you know, definitely not his best performance. But 
we're not going to harp on the negative here, guys. We got the win. As I mentioned, we got another podcast coming out on Friday. Uh, I'll recap some. I'll recap the Michigan-Michigan State game. And we have a little fun activity as well um, that I think you guys will enjoy. Go Green. <laughs>